things we're dealing with are threats to humanity unlike anything the world has ever seen before. We can bequeath our children a greener planet and a more prosperous future. That's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East Tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 5, a Just Stop the Tories. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it is in. And to be honest, Dale, I, I no longer know how to introduce you because <laughs> you're a man of many new many monikers and names. What's going on? <laughs> I have as many names as you have hats. Correct. That's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, the story here is I got a new name from um, an FT piece a few days ago now, maybe about a week ago. There was a big piece about Labour funding. And uh, my new name is Labour Mega Donor or new title, or I don't know, whatever you call it. But uh, uh, off the back of the FT, the Telegraph and the Times and all kinds of other people picked it up. And I'm now called the Labour Mega Donor, where if you just go back to last summer, the summer of Just Stop Oil, I was an eco zealot, according to Rishi Sunak, an eco yob, according to the Sun, a JSO funder, that kind of stuff. And now, well, I'm a mega donor. And I like the mega donor uh, because it, it, it would <laughs> yeah. normally be sort of Labour donor or Tory donor, whatever. Mm. But I mean, what's is, is there a, a bar that is set for what constitutes <laughs> mega? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there is now. It's never been said before. You know, I mean, the Tories have been given millions of pounds by, by numerous people, but they've never been called mega donors. But, you know, I, I don't care. Right? You're our mega donor. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, a, it was a great story, actually, about Labour and how they're going to match this new doubling of election spending that the Tories, the Tories changed the law, doubled the limits on election spending, hoping to drown everybody out. The new limit is 35 million. And uh, the positive thing coming out of this is Labour say they're confident they're going to raise that sum of money. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be the first time there's ever been parity in our election in spending between Labour and the Tories. Interesting. So, and I'm a part of that. Uh, well, let's have a look at, uh, as we move to the end of February, lots of unsavoury records are being broken in the world of heat and the environment. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, we're just days away from the end of February now, and we're on course for the world, actually, to have the hottest February in recorded history. It's not just happening here in Britain, it is happening around the world. And we had a record already, January, December, November, October, September, August, July, June, and May. Fuck. I mean, that's a long list. That's nearly a year, and it's going to be the hottest February ever. And it isn't just that. We're talking about oceans as well. Uh, oceans warming, usually on winter days where things like this wouldn't happen. So the whole thing is kind mm. of almost this perfect storm of doom, as it were. I mean, that's right. I mean, last year we exceeded the 1.5 degree threshold of the Paris Accord for the entire year. That's about 10 years before scientists thought it would happen, let alone happen for a year. And uh, ocean warming is is so incredible mm. that the the charts that that chart it quite literally are in new territory. You know, we're like off the axes of the charts that are, that are tracking global warming. Someone's making new charts to, to, <laughs> to allow for the charts are now wider. 
to allow for the, uh, the, the, the new it's data not funny is it we, we we laugh about it but it's not no it's, funny. I mean, it's only funny because of the sheer breathtaking incompetence and the the fact that some people go well that surprises us <laughs> uh, everyone has to go well what the f- where have you been for the last 20 years yeah. you dickhead yeah, it's like that and or you know there'll be the hartley brewers of this world saying oh no no you know, a good friend of mine told me it's got nothing to do with humans you know somebody did this on purpose or i don't know the scientists are crooked or some yeah. some some rubbish bees or something yeah you all, you want us to all live in caves? It's like at this rate, caves will all be all we've got left. Yeah. Well, you're reinventing the wheel, of course. Now. <laughs> That's right. And the cow. Famously, and the cow. Famously, the mega wheel. I think it is actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the mega reinventor. <laughs> the, the mega reinventor. Uh, let's look at Defra, our friends over there at the uh, the Department for Everything Farming and Rural Based. Um, uh, officials apparently buried analysis showing some pretty dire financial prospects for hill farmers. I love this story. It came out this week, actually. DEFRA officials did bury some analysis. The analysis itself was meant to show pathways for farmers post-Brexit. And the conclusion of it was there weren't any and that the findings were so dire they couldn't possibly share them with farmers because uh, it would make them sell up. Wow. I mean, bearing in mind, a lot of the farming fraternity were kind of encouraged to vote for Brexit because they were told, well, you know, there's some real sunny uplands around the corner and life's going to be fantastic and you'll be able to sell a pig for a million pounds and whatever else they were telling them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so funny. I mean, yeah, absolutely, you're right. Farming was one of those sectors that were told how fantastic it would be, and it's turned out to be exactly the opposite. Fishing was fishing another one. Was you the remember? Other one. Yes. I mean, Farage jumped on a little boat and came up the Thames, didn't he? Like, you know, campaigning for the fishermen who'd been screwed by Brexit as like well. A big human cod. <laughs> Yeah, big human. I don't know. Anyway, don't go there. (laughs) Uh, Well, the fishing thing appealed because it sounded like it involved borders, our territory. Yeah, Uh, you know, you can draw the line around the borders. This is our territory, and it was a Dunkirk thing, wasn't it? The little boats up the Thames. It was, you know, evoked all of that kind of feeling, bullshit, uh, and that's why it was. It was all based on a feeling, really, rather than fact, which is kind of slightly disturbing. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it was the government of the day that sold us this pile of nonsense that we, you know, we had the upper hand, we could negotiate better deals with Europe than we currently had, and that didn't happen, that there was a whole world of opportunity out there that we couldn't access because we're in Europe. That was untrue, and it didn't happen. I mean, nothing about Brexit that they claimed actually happened. Here's a question from Neve who says, is there any chance of Sunak calling an election in May? And do you think the way Sunak is delaying it is counterproductive for Tory interests? So it's interesting because only yesterday I heard a, uh, a bit of a rumbling from, I would say, a good source that this idea that it was going to be in the autumn has changed and it could now be in May. Yeah, well, I, I tend to think of HP as a good source. I don't know any yeah, others. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. There has to be a chance of May. I mean, we're all just guessing all of the time. There has to be a chance of May. There has to be a chance of October. There still is a slim chance of next January. I mean, because he's running scared of the polls. Nothing is going right in the economy, in the running of our country. It's just bad news after bad news. And you've got to think maybe at one point he goes, oh, f*** it. Look, I'm going to lose this thing. I might as well get on with it. Or maybe he's going to cling on for grim life, if that's what you can call it. So I just don't think I know, and uh, I'm not going to guess when it comes. And even when, you know, I said at the beginning of this, you know, a good source, you know, I I, I should really (laughs) kind of qualify that because they're usually wrong. And I don't mean my (laughs) source, because ultimately, even those closest to, you know, the corridors of power don't really know. 
they can only take an educated guess. And sometimes it might be a good educated guess, but sometimes it might be bullshit. Yeah, and of course, Sunak in particular is in the habit, and the Tories are in the habit of, of leaking things that they may do to see how the public reacts before they decide if they're going to do them or not. And, you know, there's a kind of double bluff game going on as well, keeping Labour on a war footing for a May election, because that becomes exhausting after a while, even if they don't plan a May election. I mean, who can know? It's a game of bluff and counter bluff, and honestly, I don't care. Is it counterproductive, though, the second part of the question? I think yes and no. You know, I don't think they have any chance of winning an election this year anyway. It's not helping them that they're not calling an election because things are just getting worse. Yeah. What about this story? Have you heard about the wind-powered oil tanker? Yeah. Oh, I have. What the hell's going on there? Is that kind of a double... Hang on, it's wind-powered. That's a good thing. It's an oil tanker. That's a bad thing. What's going on here? Yeah, we looked at this some years ago, and the idea was basically to put sails on big ships, not just oil tankers, but big container ships, cargo ships, that kind of stuff, bulk carriers, because these these things they burn an incredible amount of oil the dirtiest oil on the planet make you know hideous pollution and all that kind of stuff and and they aren't sails that uh, made of material like the conventional ones that flap in the wind these are wings like you might find on a windmill it's a wonderful idea it's a high-tech back to the future wind-powered sailing idea and the fact that it's been done on an oil tanker i just think it's brilliant don't care that it's an oil tanker that doesn't matter no could the cut point fuel. is you know a huge vessel that's right and it could cut yes. fuel consumption by 20 percent, which is incredible on a related matter rob asked this question how are the green gas mills getting along and is the gas a form of biomass good question yeah i mean in a way you could call it biomass uh, I guess. I mean, the big difference is biomass is typically used to make um, electricity. And, and you know, if you, if you make gas from uh, organic material and burn that to make electricity, you throw away half the energy. This is making gas to be used as gas from an organic material in this, in, in our case, grass. But, you know, biomass, I wouldn't argue with it being called biomass. Uh, often it's referred to as biogas, actually, as well. I mean, yeah. our, our industry is full of uh, fun terms. But uh, how's it going? We've still got some technical problems with it. We hope to have mined out, um, I think it's in March now, and to be then ramping back up to full production. It's been, it's been quite a learning curve, I would say that. Uh, let's move on to the Just Stop Oil protester, uh, Dale, who got convicted of causing a nuisance this week, Cressida Gethin, who climbed the gantry on the M25 over West London clearly caused some delays. That was you know, obviously part of the point. It's about disruption. It's about notoriety. It's about advertising the point. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The video she made went viral, actually. Um, she was, I think she was crying as she was talking to the camera about why she was up there, if that's the same person. It was very moving and stuff. Chris Packham spoke up for her in court. He said, I was one of the people in the traffic, actually, uh, but he understands what she was doing. And he, he poses the question, why on earth? Would a music student age 22 with a whole life ahead of her want to do something as precarious and physically dangerous as this? I think we all know. Because actually you're not allowed in court now to defend yourself by saying, look, it's about the climate. I'm worried about climate change and that's why I protest. That's not allowed. That's been taken away as a defense. And there's some other moves out this week by the government to make it even harder for protesters to defend themselves. Ultimately to be acquitted, which is what juries across the land have been doing, acquitting just stop oil protesters because they understand yeah. why they're doing what they're doing. But the judge in this case said that evidence about climate change wasn't admissible or relevant. That's so right. they weren't debating That's those right. points. They were just debating whether you're allowed to shin up a gantry and, and that's right. cause that's, merry and, hell. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's been taken away as a, yeah. as a defense. And the judge will have been restating that. This is why Chris posed this question the way he did. We think we all know why she did it. It's interesting that that would be taken away as a defense when that is your defense. <laughs> I know. I know, right? I mean, the, the, the government just want to rig the legal process. Yeah. And, and actually, in 
previous cases, people have been threatened with contempt of court if they mention the fact that they did it because of the climate crisis. Couldn't find any detail of what she got fined for this. I don't know whether you've got any intel on that, but what she was actually found guilty of is just only in this country could we have an offence called being a public nuisance. <laughs> That's right. I still well, like being convicted of being very naughty. That's right. So she's a public nuisance. That's official. But I don't know what they. I would imagine a, a fine. Yeah, not probably. Going to jail, is she? It looks like not, right? And and you remind me, like back in the day, Battle of the Beanfield. This is the you know when the whole uh, traveller convoy tried to get to Stonehenge and bumped into uh, Thatcher's riot police and that kind of stuff. I have on my record as a result of that criminal damage to beans. And what I did to damage these beans was drive my truck over them. And the reason I did it was to escape the physical damage that was coming my way from the cops and their riot truncheons and stuff like that. So uh, criminal damage to beans. It was self-defense, Gov. I was just trying to get away. Get away, yeah. And I think that's a reasonable defense, isn't it? I didn't <laughs> want the so. shit kicked out of me, so <laughs> I so. did that. Uh, let's finish with some questions. Uh, Dave says, Dale, uh, so your interview on Channel 4, I've been saying for ages that we don't need public investment, just better rules and then tax revenue will follow for economic activity. Frankly, though, I'm terrified Labour don't understand this. What do we do? <sighs> just just keep speaking the truth, isn't it? You know, and in our case, Ecotricity, we're building stuff without public money, solar projects, battery projects. And if Labour changed the law on onshore wind, we'll build that again without public money. And so, the, you know, the proving is, is often in the doing of these things. That helps a great deal. And I think, you know, that's how we demonstrate what works. This in from Oscar. What are some of the most frustrating but common misconceptions about climate change that you hear? I'm just going to go with the China one, right? That, that if China doesn't do something, then it doesn't matter what we do and therefore we shouldn't bother or worry about it. I mean, that's the biggest bollocks uh, in the climate debate, especially since China are actually world leaders. And if it wasn't for China, I think we spoke about it last week, it would cost six trillion more to get to net zero for the whole world, which is about 20% of the total cost. If it wasn't for China, that's what it would cost more. So it's quite ask about face really to say, oh, the problem is China. And if they don't do something, why should we? Final one from Josh, who says, with British Gas announcing massive profits during a cost-of-living crisis, what can a Labour government do to show support for the electorate whilst promoting an environment for private sector investment? Well, it's a good question. I was on Radio Scotland this morning talking about energy bills because they're about to come down on April the 1st. And at at the root of this are, are a couple of... I don't want to call them anomalies because they they go to the core of free market thinking, but there are a couple of, let's call them stupid things that we allow to happen. And the first is we don't control the wholesale price of of gas that comes out of our North Sea. And British Gas are making a killing out of this. So we control the retail price of energy and allow a 1.5% profit margin. We let the wholesale price run with the global price of, of fossil fuels, which quadrupled last year, for example. We simply need a price cap on North Sea gas. We need to control it. And half our gas as a nation comes from the North Sea, so that would take away half of the problem. Uh, But the real thing we need to do, of course, is switch to green energy as fast as we can, made here, priced here, permanently low bills, hundreds and thousands of jobs, and complete independence from the global fossil fuel market and all those dictators who run countries that produce the stuff. As my old nan used to say, what a bunch of tossers. (laughs) Gail, we'll, we'll we'll speak in a week's time. Nice one. I'm looking forward to it. That is it for this episode. Don't forget to follow this podcast so you get each new episode automatically. And of course, follow Dale on social media, which is twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince, and on TikTok. What is it? Two. 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 It's two. two. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Zero. Carbon. East off.